How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everyone, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Jonathan Fishback. Jonathan is the founder and CEO of Estate Space, which is the number one cloud ERP for ultra-high net worth market individuals to manage non-financial assets such as properties, jewelries, cars, jets, and yachts. Some good stuff there. Jonathan's a three-time founder and has been serving the luxury market for over a decade. Jonathan, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Hey, Ryan. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, I'm excited because you you serve a really, really unique market. And uh, I love what you're telling me in the pre-show, so I'm excited to get into it. So real quick, before we get into your backstory and kind of like more about your business, Let's do a real quick revenue rundown. So where are you guys at in terms of the stages of the journey in terms of your ARR? Uh, yep. So we're at 336 right now and counting on a March to a million. Okay. Awesome. And so you're at 336 and then we're talking, you know, what's your team size? Uh, we've got 12, 12 full-time employees. Okay. 12 team. And then uh, like, what's your solution? Can you explain it to and And I know I gave a rough high level of it in the intro, but can you give like two or three sentences on who it serves and exactly what it, what's the outcome it creates? Yep, absolutely. So we serve uh, property and estate, construction and family offices. Um, and the benefits of estate space are being able to gain visibility in real time to their portfolio of non-financial assets and then improve performance both physically and financially. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And when you say that too, do I mean like, this is just a, a thought that came up. So I'm Totally going off base here, but like, what's the average amount of like non, you know, uh, I should say like assets that, that people have that are kind of outside like normal assets, right? No, non-financial assets, as you kind of put it. Yeah. So if we if we try to define the market, um, it's it's basically a one to one with financial assets. So there's about five hundred and twenty trillion dollars globally of non-financials to five hundred and ten trillion of. Um, of financial assets. Uh, when it comes to the market that we're serving and we start to look kind of at the United States, uh, we're dealing with about uh, about, a, about 52 trillion of that here concentrated in the US. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. and then what's your, like, are you bootstrapped, are you funded? No, we're bootstrapped. Um, and we're, uh, we're, right now we're in the process of raising a series seed, uh, which is our first, um, kind of uh, outside of the family and friends, if you will, outside of the bootstrapped raise that we've, uh, uh, that we've gotten to at this point. So we're, we're excited to be able to do that. This should be the last capital uh, that we'll need to raise. This takes us to positive cash flow. It takes us, we have a clear path to a million in ARR by the end of this year and 4 million by the end of next year. That's awesome. Yep. Love it, man. Love that, that you bootstrap. So let's really get into your backstory on just kind of how you got to this point. Like, you know, first of all, I know you're a three-time founder. Why did you decide to serve this market? And then like, what was like the apple on the head moment where it fell on your head where you're like, I got to do this. Like what really, really jumped out at, at, to you is like, this is something that I need to make it happen. Yeah, no, great question. So um, it was a culmination of kind of my entire life, right? So, um, and as far as to the apple hitting me on the head. So uh, background, computer science by education, um, my family's business was in IT uh, healthcare for the DA and, B and, and the DOD. Um, so dealing with massive sets of unstructured data. So I was able to uh, be next to my father during that time where he took a company from a couple million to a billion dollars in revenue. 
um, doing government contracting and, and having wow. that experience of how do I take this massive global set of information that's unmanaged and how do I manage that, bring it to a dashboard and create actions on it, right? Um, and then my background professionally has been 20 years in construction. Um, the last 13 of which I've served ultra high net worth family, high, the high net worth market. So uh, we're doing projects on average size between four to 40 million. Uh, we did really well in services. Uh, about 2014-15, uh, we're delivering projects. We get sucked into facilities management. So now I'm introduced to family offices and lifestyle fulfillment, this whole private world that I'd not known prior to that point. Uh, we weren't built to do it, but we did it because we have clients that have paid us a lot of money. Like we we have a great relationship. We don't want to let them down, right? We're service providers. Right. Um, and so it was those, that experience. Um, we then realized that the massive amount of administrative overhead the data management, uh, we're using things like Excel, Google Sheets, you know, we're, we're using just general tools. Um, and it's, it's very, very difficult. And so that was the genesis of like, after we went around and kind of studied this, like, you know, there's a huge opportunity here in a space where you're dealing, we're dealing with non-financials. That's where we're experts in real property assets and managing them. And, and during that time, we're helping our clients save on insurance lifetime costs. We're helping them do, you know, make smart decisions and investing their money so that that asset then appreciates and has the type, it's built in a way that can maximize long-term values and from a portfolio perspective. So it was like, we kind of had a perfect recipe as a services company. And so we knew the gap in technology. And that was, you know, about 2015, I got hit in the head with the Apple. 2017, I decided to jump off my third cliff uh, with the state space. And, um, and it was, a, you know, a couple of years of kind of a sl slow ramp up. And then 2019 um, was when we pivoted to pure SaaS. We knew what we wanted to do. Um, and, uh, and since, you know, all, all of our revenue, everything we went through, you know, a, um, a natural alpha to beta uh, to a commercial product that we launched on May 1 of last year and all of our salesmen since then. Okay. Love that story. So you started in 17. What did you start with services wise? So when we first got in, we knew security was going to be a big deal. So um, we, I really spent some time understanding the, the digital security, cybersecurity. Um, we had managed security services at that time. Um, thought that that was going to be a good place to start. Uh, very difficult to sell, long sales cycle, all enterprise sales, not a whole lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and so uh, that, I was like, you know, this isn't really what I wanted to do with the business. So we, you know, we made a complete SaaS pivot in 2019. Okay, love that. Yeah. And then, so it took you a couple of years to build then if you went live in 22 or three years to build? Is that, is that kind of yep. what... Yes. Yeah, so, so beta, we were able to sell. We got some traction, but it was all B2C. And so during beta, yes, we were making some money, but uh, it wasn't the money that we really want. It wasn't the space we wanted to really serve. We learned in beta what we needed to build for our commercial product. And we also learned who we needed to build it for. Um, so that's when we're now we're in a SaaS B2B with a hyper vertical focus on high net on the high net worth market and then focusing again on properties estates construction and family offices and what's cool about that is that we built a state space to just work in all directions so we're actually selling to people that then do business with each other so it's a really cool model and and our platform also has a, a market a self-serve marketplace of service providers so um we the the other thing that we learned was it's very hard to find the right people in our space 
Um, and once you do find them, you have to do diligence. It's a, it's a long process to even get them to, the, to be able to work with them. So we actually do all of that for our clients to be able to cut down on fulfillment rates up to like 70, 80% time from request to time to fulfillment because our providers are one touch away from being able to serve you. Okay. So you have a marketplace too with other providers yeah. that, that support your ecosystem, it sounds yep. like. So that I love that. And then, so you're saying... B2B side. So give me an example, like I get high net worth individual. So would you classify the B2B side, that family office or that VC fund or something along that nature, PE fund or like? Yes. Yeah. So like great, yeah. Great question. Um, so like if you had like three real good case studies for us, uh, you're dealing with a luxury construction management firm that's doing, you know, 50 to $100 million in recurring revenue annually. Uh, you're dealing with... Um, smaller property and estate management firms that might be between one and 10 million in annual revenues. Um, and, uh, and then you're dealing with family offices that are tip. Most of our family offices are They operate as a business. Uh, they're, we're, we're focused on single family offices. Uh, and, and with, and in that space, they're typically starting somewhere around $500 million in, in assets under management total. Um, and then of that tip, you know, somewhere around, like between 15 and 25% of those assets are going to be the non-financial assets. And that's where a state space comes in to kind of give breadth and depth to that part of the balance sheet that's been more or less a static document in their world. Okay. Yeah. And so that's going to be a pretty, is, is that a tight, I mean, I know you said the dollar amounts are huge, but is that TAM pretty tight in terms of like, I'm not talking dollar amounts because it could be highly concentrated, but like, what what would be the TAM for that in terms of number of like potential candidates for you in the U.S.? Yeah, so in the U, so our TAM is about five point five billion. Uh, there's fourteen million users in the space, and then we start at thirty four dollars a month. But we we estimated our TAM based on thirty. Um, and what's great about our space, as far as our price, um, we are we're very inexpensive to get started by design. Um, but as we grow our, our platform out, um, there's, you know, there's opportunity to make money. As I said, we make money in three ways. So we have a SaaS subscription. We have managed service subscriptions, uh, direct services that, um, you know, cover things such as, you know, getting started or inventory uh, needs, technology needs. Um, and then we also uh, take a, a percent of revenue uh, from our marketplace. Okay. So that's awesome. So uh, SaaS, Marketplace, and then uh, Managed Services are the, kind of the big three. Exactly. So, okay. So, so that makes a lot of sense. So you, from what we talked about too, you have a really large land and expand model. And yeah. I mean, like $30 is like, it's not even pennies, right? It's not even peanuts with, with the type of dollars you're talking about managing. So walk me through like what that model is and what the land and expand model is. Because it's, I think it's really, really interesting, right? And I, there's other companies that I see doing this right now. Um, and I'll give you some examples kind of as we go go through it. But we just love your feedback on just how you architected it. And then, like, more importantly, like, why? Like, why did you decide to go this route with pricing? Because, like, you would think for high net worth individuals, like, you don't need to go with a product-led growth motion or high, I should say, not even individuals, companies. You don't even need to go with a PLG motion. You could, you know, smash the more button with how much money they have and the, and the value. So we'd love to hear that. So I think we'll start with the why, Ryan. Um, it's okay. because I, I care, right? My network is curated of the people that we serve now. And uh, having worked with them for, you know, 13 plus years and, you know, being an owner rep, being a fiduciary, helping them 
improve their life, um, both, you know, physically and financially. Uh, you know, it, it just for us, we wanted to be fair. Um, so it came down to the fact that we really care about who we serve. And uh, so many times in that space, to your point, they get taken advantage of because of the fact that there's such a high concentration of wealth. So we wanted to go completely against the grain. And we did. Hmm. Um, but when it comes to uh, like when we talk about our land and expand approach uh, that we actually we learn that through listening to our clients, through understanding that a state space does a lot. And so we wanted to be able to we help them on that journey. So every one of our clients, no matter what, uh, they start internally. We start with a small team. We roll out to employees. We roll out to the vendors that are, are necessary. We roll out to their clients. Or in the case of a family office, we'll then roll out to the family members. We do it in a way that's typically they're all about a 10x growth um, from beginning to end, uh, from internal to external. And then we also do it in a way that makes we, we, we want to make sure that we curate each user experience as we go through that growth. So you know, it's the in it, all of that growth is happening during the adoption phase of our of our of our journey for them. And we just want to make sure that as they're adopting and that, you know, they, that first activation to adoption for each one of those those groups is um, it's it's successful. And so uh, that 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 was we kind of we, we learn the land and expand through doing business and listening to our clients. And 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 that's what led us to services. Um, we we we. We understood that our clients absolutely want what we have. They don't have the time to get it stood up. And so our services are specific to what are the three things that our clients need to do to activate the platform? And then we do it for them. Love that. I mean, it's, that's, um, it's so logical and simple. However, I don't think many companies look at it that way. You know what I mean? Like in terms yeah. of, so what are the three activation points then? Yep. So the first, it, so it's going to be getting, um, getting their property up and run. So getting like the property and their assets up, um, that's going to be the first thing. The second thing is going to be starting to use the um, actionable uh, pieces of our platform, right? So being able to start taking action, scheduling tasks, scheduling events, getting things done, um, you know, using our message, you know, using our text messaging and our channels and, and getting everybody in, in is that third piece. So now that I've got everything set up, I've got everything config. We're all configurable. There's nothing custom about a state space. It's all just configuration. Um, once it's configured properly, that third piece is now I'm bringing in vendors. I'm bring I'm bringing in external people, and I'm growing my estate space. Um, and we help them along the way. Uh, and then from there, be- the the reason that we're we wanted to be product led is because once they get it everything's the same over and over and over again. So it's like, we, we wanted to keep it simple. And as you said, simple is hard. Um, but you know, we, we can only do three things, right? We can't do everything. And again, that led to our marketplace. Like our clients need good advice, but I'm not a family office advisor anymore. So we have great partners that can help provide that service. Um, you know, they need help with travel. They need help with insurance and finances, you know, we have a great network, um, you know, to include the largest banks and largest insurance companies that can, you know, help write and underwrite things that, you know, might not exist today. So re- really thoughtful group of people helping our clients in every aspect of their life. Well, I mean, the, the question I have is like, it sounds like you orchestrated a kind of a beautiful flow of the customer journey from like, how do we solve problem one, then problem two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. And you just kind of built that out. I guess like, yeah. how did you, being that you didn't take funding, 
and you have very, I don't know if you have very little capital or existing capital from your previous businesses, but like, how did you create the, the system and infrastructure to manage and support that considering it sounds so comprehensive and you're, you're in the very early stages right now? Yeah. So we, we built it from the ground up. Uh, I didn't want to go the integration route. Um, so that was, that was the hardest decision to make, right? It was like, do we want speed to market or do we want something that's going to be a legacy product that lasts a life, like last generations? So uh, we went with the latter um, and that was um, a more costly path, but it was the right choice um, because now we control our security. Now we control our compliance. Now we can do all the things that I think we dreamed of and I had a vision of, you know, eight years ago being able to do for this space. When it came to the marketplace, there's no tech out, no fintech out there that really did this. Um, you know, it's not, it, there was, there, it was kind of uh, didn't exist. So that was the other big thing is like products are hard. Um, product led growth is even harder. And then getting, trying to create a space to serve that um, didn't necessarily, uh, we knew the need was there, but the market wasn't. So, um, you know, we're successful like right now and, and we're growing and that's great, but uh, years and years of grinding and really learning. And it, you know, I just simply articulated something to you. And some of this stuff just came like last week. I mean, we're always constantly getting to a more simple place as a business. Um, but you, and you, you get to a point where you think you've got it and it can become more simple. So like, you know, we started working with SAS Academy. Uh, I met Nathan Ladka, like I've now met you, like we have, this amazing network of, of businesses and peers that can help us. And so like right now we're going back through and making our, um, our, our, our creation of properties and projects, making all that easier. Like we now can see where our clients are getting stuck and we have this great group of clients. We're near a thousand, a thousand users right now. So we're just about to cross that threshold. And so we get a ton of great feedback and because we care they care about us. And so we have this like virtuous cycle of care and love with our client base. And so our roadmap supports their needs. Like we will, we'll, we can pivot that, right? We're agile. So we're able to help them in the most um, thoughtful manner. And I think that that cycle has been like, that's why I did this, right? I, I, we built this type of a business because in construction, it was great. You can make a ton of money. Um, you know, probably could have retired a couple of times earlier in my career, but the relationships don't last forever. And I felt like with technology, I could just have these kind of long lasting relationships. And, and I was right. And that, that's from a self-serving purpose. Like that, that was what I was missing in my previous venture and why I started a state space. That's good, man. I mean, it's, uh, you're tugging at the heartstrings a little bit there, you know? So, uh, I mean, so let me ask you this, like now that you're, you're going through this and you know, you, it said you took your, to, to create the product and everything, did you do that all from your own money or friends and family? It's just all been friends and family. Like I said, yeah, this is our first, we're first, going to mar first time going to market as a company right now. Okay. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. 
just thinking through this, like, what's your single biggest challenge growing the company right now that you're running into? Uh, I would say, um, you know, I, they, like we talked about kind of in our pre-show, right? We had a great problem as a SaaS, which is that we we had churn. Some of it was good, right? Some of it was a lot of it was B two C churn, and as we pivoted B two B back in like in the fourth quarter of last year, that's been healthy. Um, but then we've also had some unhealthy churn, and so it was you know seeking asking the right questions and getting good advice that's really served us well for the last couple of months. And we've we we tested some things out. We now have a path to kind of correction, and so. Yes, I've got amazing features that I want to build that don't exist yet in the world, but I'm kind of putting a pin in that and really focusing on just hardening what we have and meeting the client expectations, making it as sticky as possible. So again, I think I can we can organically, you know, double or triple our our, our recurring revenue just with the clients that we have. So let's let's serve those clients well, right? Um, and then we'll we'll look at new features. And um, as we as we, what's cool about our market is that. They give us their information. We gain these new insights. Then we're able to improve their economics. And then that leads us to new features. And new features and estate speeds lead to less, less technology. So, you know, we're on, a path, we're on a path to financial integration with, you know, the, the, the wealth management side. We're on a path to bill pay. Um, we deal with financials and we're, we're financial technology, but we're dealing with like the financials around the, the oper- private operations of managing non-financial assets. So it's, it's again, it's a really great thing because we have all these methodical breakpoints of financial data that we don't require anything from a wealth manager. We're pushing the information to them. We're giving them the information to then, you know, take some of these things and make it a marketable security. And now they have new strategies on how they can increase what increase the wealth of our clients and be able to maybe decrease the cost of their insurances based on, you know, proactive care. And so we're kind of realizing what we did as a service business for so long, so well in software. And now we can deliver that to, you know, thousands and millions of people. Okay. Yeah. Good, man. Solid, solid uh, strategy, solid approach. So let me ask you the, uh, the old AI question, right? So how are you leveraging AI in your business, in your product, in your marketing, in your sales operations? Like, how are you leveraging across the board? Yeah, so, so it's... Great, quite a pretty cool question. Um, so when we were actually up at uh, the SAS Open, uh, one of my, my VP of Sales and Marketing, Jason, he spent uh, he spent that entire time in mastermind groups, as I think you 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 know. And so yeah. we um, he he learned a lot about uh, Chat GPT. Um, we started leveraging that in all of the everything that we do marketing. Um, it's now you know creating newsletters. So we're still doing some of the work internally, but we've been able to really leverage AI. In our go-to market strategy for sales, um, from a from a from a platform perspective, uh, a lot of what we're still working on is are getting making sure that we have good solid data, um, and then we'll be able to apply machine learning and AI to our data set. Um, but you need a certain amount of information, um, and so I think when it comes to um, you know when do we want to apply that? Well, we want to apply that as soon as possible, but that's most likely you know end of this year, beginning of next year, where our vision is, okay, great. We have this information. We've hooked up all your assets. We have all this estimated value. Now I want to use machine learning and AI to say, okay, this is the best time to sell this uh, asset, or this is, you'll, you'll make this amount of margin. This is the best thing that you could do to take care of something. Um, you know, so, so uh, in order to in, in, increase your, your, you know, your, your, your portfolio's uh, value. So um, we're going to use it, I think, in, in those types of ways. But you know, 
we could we could probably spend another whole show talking about the vision that I have to what we could really do with it. Um, you know, because now we have text messaging. So I have your assets. So I know that you text your wife that you just uh, broke your shoe, your your sneaker, and I know that you have a race in two weeks because uh, you're going to run the Boston Marathon. And so I have all this data, so I could use AI to say, you know, hey Ryan, um, would you like me to reorder that? Right, and we can. You could say yes, and we could we could reorder that with the push of a button because we have all that information. So that's where we want to go with it to where the point where you know ES actually has like a a virtual assistant built into it. Um, and it's helping you again with a lot of the because the life of the fulfillment, right? The, the things that you're dealing with physically. And what we found is that these are the things people care about. Yes, we have money, but you don't necessarily love a hundred dollar bill like you might love a family heirloom. So the things that we manage are really, really important. And 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 again, we started doing this because we want to help families pass that on to the next generation. That's the again estate space. We want to help you manage that estate plan dynamically with these assets so that you're not, you know, fighting over these things uh, at a change of control, but you're really focusing on the things that matter as a family. Okay. So that's, I love the predictive analytics approach to it. You know, you're bringing a lot of the financial modeling that the companies leverage. I mean, do you hear about Bloomberg's GPT that they came out with, what, like two days ago? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they have like 40 years of data that they're leveraging for that, which is pretty wild. It's awesome. Uh, be interesting to see what, what's going to come out of that. Um, and then I'm curious. Yeah, Jason actually said in one of the, the masterminds that I put together on AI, uh, specifically for revenue, like when you say sales, like what other areas are you thinking? Because that sounded like more product, what you're talking about. Or are you no, just but I mean, we're leveraging it today in sales. So he's he went back through like our sequence of outreach um, and he had chat rewrite all of it so that it was more comprehensive and more sticky. Um, we're... Uh, we like all of the things that we create, any content, we run it through chat. Um, so, you know, he learned a lot from you and a couple other folks. And um, we are now we've been able to leverage AI in the marketing area. And we've actually been able to cut costs and increase quality. It's been really, really a, a pretty cool transformation just in the last month. So what would you say is your number one favorite use case to increase costs and cut quality on the marketing side? Um, I mean, I think it's the 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 being able to use chat and AI has allowed us to um, like almost instantly tailor to the person that we're talking to in a way that um, has levels of thought and in depths that we I would have not been able to to get to um, without like a lot of human intelligence. So I mean, it's like when we are done with something, it's like I, and I read what he's created with chat. It's like. Man, that's like exactly what I would have said if it was like the perfect thing to say. And it's like, you know, so we just review for accuracy, but it's like, man, this is, it's really, really good. And so I think being, you know, I still don't want to replace the human component. Like a thoughtful correspondence from a person to a person is always going to win. Um, but when it comes to some of the sequences in marketing where we want to talk to a very specific persona, um, chat rocks. Yeah. AI rocks there, yeah. I like it. Awesome, man. Well, we're just about up on time. Jonathan, where can people find you? Where can people find out more about Estate Space so they can uh, get on the system, start managing those yachts and private jets that, that our listeners have? Yeah, awesome, Ryan. So yeah, you can just go to estatespace.com to find us. Um, you can find myself on LinkedIn. Uh, please reach out to me. I'm you know the only jo- the only real at Jonathan Fishbeck on Estates on uh, LinkedIn. So please, uh, you know, 
reach out to me, love to make new connections. And uh, um, you can just contact us directly through uh, uh, contact us on our website. If you're interested in getting started with us, we'd love to have you. Sounds great. Well, it was a blast having you on the show. Really excited about what you're doing. Love how you kind of approached it and and, uh, excited to see where things go, man. Awesome, Ryan. I appreciate the time and really enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you. All right. You too, bud. We'll, We'll see you all on the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.